Digital Marketing Radio, episode 200. Hreff Lang for International SEO. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Hello, hello and welcome to the second of a three-part series of Digital Marketing Radio episodes, recorded live at the Search London Meetup. A special episode sequence helping to celebrate the double ton of DMR episodes. In this, episode 200, we hear the talk given by Nicholas Stott from the Media Flow on HREF Lang for International SEO. Now, this will be good just to listen to, but it will be even more useful if you view the slides as well as you listen. So, I've embedded the slides from Nicholas' presentation at digitalmarketingradio.com slash episode 200. And this means you can check out the slides at the same time as listening to the audio. So Nicola talks about how to set up hreflang, the most common errors, what hreflang isn't for, the pros and cons of implementing hreflang in the head section versus an XML sitemap, and much more hreflang stuff. This is really important information if you're trying to target multiple countries online. So, without any further ado, here is Nicola. How many people here have already done an hreflang implementation? So you're just here for the beer then, yeah? yeah. Wicked. All right. Cool. Um, so what I've done is I've kind of assumed that there's a broad range of knowledge. I know some people in here are PPC. I can see some content faces. Um, so it kind of starts by explaining what the tag is and then goes right through to different styles of implementation, a million and one things that can go wrong, and also some top tips from a lot of pain along the way. Um, so I will kick off. So just to give you a bit of history on this, um, as an agency, we're a technical SEO agency, and we've been working with hreflang like forever, but in 2012, when um, Google and introduce support for um, sitemaps as a solution. We were one of the first agencies to jump onto that and publicly documented the whole process. And um, as a result of that, um, we've got quite a lot of, I don't know what you'd call it, notoriety, I guess, or um, a, a, a authority in the industry for this particular topic, um, because it sucked, it really, really sucked having to implement something for the first time. Um, really, really fiddly, the definition of a sledgehammer to crack a nut, the least elegant solution of any solution ever. But, you know, when you get it right, it does work. Um, so that's cool. Through all of this pain, what we discovered is that everybody would um, benefit greatly from having something to make this process a little bit easier. Um, so what we did is we distributed the tool that we created, which is freely available on our website to remove... 90% of the pain from the whole process, which is why we rank number one for like a lot of hreflang related terms and why we've helped support or worked on over 3,000 unique implementations. I wish all 3,000 of those people paid us, but most are using the free tool, I'll be honest, but that's just the way things go. But of course, it's brought a lot of business and a lot of experience our way. You can find that at themediaflow.com slash tools. That's the tool. Ta-da. As I say, it's free. This isn't a pun. So, 
In terms of what we're going to cover, we're going to go through what it can do, what it can solve, and most importantly, what it can't solve. And there's um, some corking examples of how to screw your site up um, that have come our way through incorrect use of hreflang. Um, a couple of different ways to, well, three, in fact, different ways to implement, and um, my personal preference being sitemaps because it's within your control. Um, some of the most common errors and also a couple of little tips that we've learned on the way to make the process a little bit less painful. So for those, uh, formal definition time. So for those amongst us who are um, more on the content side of things or not dealing with technical SEO, here's your definition. Ta-da! Um, one of the most important things to remember is that it is um, language hence hreflang, or language and region, but not region, okay? Um, that can cause all sorts of problems. And what it can do is help you get the right intended, so what your intention is, help you get the right intended URL into the right intended index for the right intended customer. Um, so it's not gonna boost your rankings at all. But it is going to help you grow the accuracy of what's ranking where, and that obviously increases your conversion propensity, um, which is really the whole point. After all, flog stuff. Um, so, what is it not? And this is really, really, really important. It's not going to solve that, you know, legacy panda client issue thing that keeps coming back. It is not going to help with that at all. If content is thin, it's thin. No amount of hreflangs will help with that. Um, it's not going to help you rank in new markets, so we're launching in France next week. Let's just hreflang it and be number one. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't borrow any page rank or anything like that. It's simply going to explain which URL is meant for which market. Um, and it doesn't replace your canonical implementation. It's an orthogonal concept. There's no kind of hierarchical relationship. So you can use the two together, and um, you still need to use canonical tags as well. So, a couple of ways to manage and maintain your setup. And there's a couple of um, additional tools in here that I've got, I believe. So first off, you can use headers. And to be honest, I, can I, actually, maybe I'll ask you guys, can anybody think of a situation when that would be useful, apart from like with PDFs or non-HTML content? Please tell me. Um, we used it when we redid our site and we didn't have enough dev time to do the site map. Oh, yeah. Brilliant, thanks. I knew, there'd be, and I knew there'd be another reason, but I just haven't thought, what else? Why else would anyone ever need to do it? Someone else, Jono, was that you putting your hand up? Yeah. Go on then. Subdomains and ecosystems where the development overhead implemented that way is cheaper than doing it at page level. Yeah, there's like a total sort of, you know, there's, there's a point at which you reach the diminishing returns exercise with this. But yeah, that's another one too. Cool. Apart from that, like literally no other time would you want to use headers. Uh, link elements in the head. This is, you know, obviously you can do this, but who wants to add code to a page when we're trying to speed everything up nowadays? This is cute for like a kind of 10 page corporate site in three markets or something like that, then this works. But if you've got quite a complex implementation, then I wouldn't bother with that, okay? Um, so, a couple of kind of pros and cons of both of those sorts of implementations. Um, sorry, I'm really conscious that I'm kind of like stood right in front of the slides for you guys, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, yeah, it's a solution for non-HTML, that's your headers, obviously. Um, 
server configuration access isn't always easy, so sometimes you've got to, you know, your only recourse is on page. Um, yeah, like I say, it's really nice for small suites and that sort of thing. But, I mean, impact to speed, not really if you're talking about five page sites and three markets. But um, it can be a bit of a pain in the backside if you're constantly having to change things and constantly having to get dev resource to constantly have to update it. That's when it becomes unmanageable and you're nobody's favorite anymore, which is when um, sitemaps can become quite a useful implementation. Um, if you are uh, needing a little bit of help, this is fantastic. Um, Elayda Salise, in fact, she spoke at the sixth birthday party a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've seen some of your faces, some people were here, but this is a tool that Elayda's created on her website. Um, URL is below there, and that will generate your hreflang tags for you for um, on-page implementations. That's really nice, and take a lot of pain out of that. Okay, so sitemaps can be really handy for bigger implementations. So essentially, you just need to reference all of the URLs in that particular ecosystem and also reference the, um, the loc as an alternate. So for example, if my UK site is site one and then I've got two more, I've also got to reference site one as an alternate to site one. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Well, I mean, obviously, we do know why, but um, it's just a bit annoying and something that is easily forgotten and will generate um, no return tag errors. So a couple of um, quirks or things to bear in mind. You can use X default. Um, for example, if your logic rule looks at each market and then, so you're saying if this, then that, if this, then that, if it's French, then that, if it's da 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 and then you might have an English language catch-all right at the end. You can mark that up with X default if you want. Or you can also use that for your, um, you know, kind of, IP detection, or where are you from, sort of splash page before you go to different regions if you have something like that. Um, or you can use just a single language tag, because remember you can use language or language and region. Um, so you can just mark up EN, for example, if you've got an English language catch-all instead of X default. Um, and also just remember that it's kind of self-obsessed and self-referential. So each loc needs to reference itself as an alternate. Um, ISO codes, you know, use them. They're there for a reason. Um, some really funny ones. Um, Arabic is not a country. We get that a lot. Um, Europe is not a language. We get that one a lot. But some, uh, you do get away with some that are kind of fairly logical and Google will pick up and go, oh, I know what you mean, and sort it out but just use ISO codes, as I'm sure you all would. Um, so how do we do XML sitemaps? If you want to use our tool, it's really easy. Just do it like this, put it into a map. So these are, you know, use Screaming Frog or whatever crawler of choice you use. Get your point of origin, put them all into one column, then crawl site B and get them all into a corresponding column, etc., 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 etc. You need your um, Langlog, ENGB, whatever it is, as your header. Uh, put it into a nice map, which might be much more complex than that little example. Throw it into our tool, and it'll spit out um, XML for you. You'll get a couple of files. You'll get a combined, and you'll get um, specific. Combined is when you have one site, multiple languages. So I'm using subfolders, for example. I just throw up the combined, job done. 
if I'm using subdomains or separate um, domains full stop, then you will need to put a different sitemap where the local specific to that site onto uh, the route, as you would with any sitemap, if that makes sense. Okay. So, anything else I can say there? No, just remember to put them in Search Console. Ping, done. So, a couple of common mistakes. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't think anybody here will do this because I, I know a lot of your faces and there's a lot of technical SEOs here, but one of the most common how do we use your hreflang sitemap questions that we get and most common problems we get is when people confuse it with their actual, <laughs> dot, you know, their actual language declaration at the head, but there you go. Um, number two, that self-referential, self-obsessed argument. Number three, you can't target a country it, explicitly. It's language or language location. Um, not using the ISO codes. Non yeah, so this, oh, this one happens all the time and it can cause all sorts of gobs. Is when people spend ages doing um, an hreflang sitemap implementation, especially now, loads of them. And by the time they've done it, someone else in their team's migrated to HTTPS. <laughs> they've, they've got to do it all over again. I shouldn't laugh, it's not funny. I mean, we get work from it, but, you know, just make sure you're using the canonicals. Um, no blank cells, that's just particular to our, our tool. It happens all the time. Um, no reference to the protocol, so either, you know, HTTP or HTTPS, you do need to specify what it is. Um, this is really quirky, and it took us ages to work out what was going on, but because um, in, and I think the search metrics people may know this or have experienced similar issues, but um, in Germany, your semicolon is a comma, so CSV actually has semicolons, not commas to separate. So this was just causing all sorts of problems for ages until we worked out what it was. And number 10, uploading the consolidated file to only one website when you've got 10 different websites in your ecosystem, that's not going to work. So that's another common mistake. So finally, just a couple, there's only three, but you know, um, just a couple of tips to help you manage and maintain your implementation. Um, start by benchmarking because you don't really know if something has succeeded unless you measure before you try and fix it. So do that first. Um, just you know, take a representative sample of sites and look at a percentage of erroneous ranking URLs and then that should flip once you um, implement. And normally it takes like up to a week maximum and you should see that completely sort itself out. Um, number two, split them down in, into as finite levels as you possibly can. So for example, if I've got um, an e-com site and I sell shoes, I want, I probably want to hreflang my women's shoes, my women's high-heeled shoes, my women's high-heeled boots. Split it, split it, split it, split it, split it, split it. As long as your, you know, your inventory doesn't change too frequently. Reason being, if it breaks, it's a right to have to go and fix your whole massive hreflang sitemap. But if you've got, say, 20 different sitemaps, and you've got one of them erroring, which you'll see in Search Console anyway, then you've only got to fix one sitemap. So much easier to work on that. Um, also, you've got much more granular kind of insight into what's working and what's not working. So definitely split them down um, to as small a level as you possibly can, being kind of reasonable and thinking about the point of diminishing returns. And finally, create a sitemap megazord of sitemaps. So once you've got all of these different sitemaps, you've got a sitemap hreflang for 
every language that you cover, for every type of product that you've got, make a sitemap index of sitemaps and upload that to your canonical site or the xdefault site or the en after all site or whatever it might be. And I think that's it. Yeah, we're done. Questions. Do you have to reduce the size of the sitemap in terms of URLs if you implement the href lens in there? Normally they have like a 50,000 limit on sitemaps for URLs. Uh, to be honest, I've never really reached that limit because we always tend to put, you know, put them into small bite-sized chunks really of like, I think the biggest one we've done is about 30,000 odd. Um, so I actually don't know because I've just never pushed it that far. No idea, I'm afraid. If you can resource the localization, is there any scenario where it wouldn't make sense to use HREPLAN and to localize it to as many markets as you can? Well, yeah, if you can localize it, you probably shouldn't be getting hreflang problems. There's like literally a seesaw of when it's worth doing it. When it's most worth doing it, um, Probably when you get English language, you'll see that most often when you've got Canada, US, UK, Australia, that's when you get most of this. Or if you've got Switzerland or, you know, you've got a lot of common languages, French, France and Canada, you know, that sort of issue. Um, almost all of the time, you're better off putting as much effort and budget into localizing the content because that's going to increase your propensity to convert anyway, which is much better, our, you know, spend in terms of ROI potential in my book. Yeah. But what I would say is, for sake of argument, between now and getting that site, you know, that sort of thing, using something like sitemaps, you can knock that up in a couple of hours most of the time. So it's just, you know, use, use, use your common sense. <laughs> I have a question. If you would have the same website for German, Austrian, and Swiss market, uh -huh. uh, so would you recommend rather to prepare a unique copy for every page for each country, or you, from your experience, you will implement HR plan on the same content because obviously in the three countries I mentioned there is a German as the language, mm -hmm. the main language. The same content will not become as duplication. No, no, HRFLang will take care of that. It won't be seen as a duplicate. Yeah, you can have pretty much the same, although, to be honest, I don't speak any of those languages, but I would imagine there are enough slight differences that you might want to make some changes. Yeah, I, I mean, for example, I speak English and only English, I'm afraid, I'm sorry about that. But I would, if I was writing content for a US um, page, and that was the same as a UK page, I would probably use a few different words and, you know, different terminology and slightly different tone of voice. I imagine that there are slight similarities. But again, it's a resource and diminishing returns kind of consideration. But hreflang will explain that. I know this is the same as that, but that one's for those people, that one's for those people. That's what it does. Question over. Hiya. Have you ever seen a, a situation, so say there's one website has quite different uh, language locations, um, and all of the other implementation you rank where you should, except for one single page, and it's not because it's broken. It, what did you think? It, it's, it's usually the US page. <laughs> it's like always rank above for this one specific page, which is the same on all of those markets. Is, is there any reason or anything you've experienced like that? Um, something like that does ring a bell, actually. Um, yeah, we have encountered something weird like that. And when we looked into it, it was to do with legacy multi-hop 301s. So there was something going to two stages back, which needed cleaning up. Okay. 
which was pulling it down, essentially. This is a while ago. This is a good year or so ago. I haven't seen anything like that for a long time. My God, have you? Well, I'd lo talk to me at the end because I'd love to see something like that because I would put money on it that it's not, nothing to do with that. There'll be something weird somewhere. There'll be some setting, some dodgy link pointing somewhere or something, yeah. Okay. One final question. If I have a page localized to Birmingham in UK and another one to Birmingham in US, should I use Hsref Lang? No, it's, on, it's only region, like country level. It won't go into Birmingham. Hmm. I'd use schema. Yeah, do you schema? So Nicola stopped there with her thoughts on href lang. And remember that you can view the slides at digitalmarketingradio.com slash episode 200. Next episode, we're going to be hearing from Pete Campbell from Kaizen, sharing his thoughts on why brands need to focus on site speed in a mobile first world. Until we meet again, be fantabulous and do one thing that scares you. Adios. Digital marketing ready.